Hello, love bug, and welcome to Chronic Sex, the podcast about how self-love, relationships, sex, and sexuality are affected by chronic illness and disability. Given the subject matter, this podcast is not suitable for those under the age of 18, and unless you have headphones in right now, you probably shouldn't be listening to us at work. My name's Kirsten Schultz, and I'm your host. It's good to have you with us today, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Hi, it's been a while and I'm sorry about that. As you could probably tell from my election-focused episode, I really needed to take some self-care time. My body and mind both frankly demanded it and... If I'm being honest, I was probably on the verge of a potential hospitalization. Things were not looking great. They're better now, though, because I found my fight and I have it back and um, ready to uh, share with you some of the other amazing conversations I've had over the past several months and bring you some really fantastic content that will hopefully help you find your fight, too. A quick note before I talk about today's guest, who I love. Um, We currently have a few fundraisers going on. One is through the fabulous site iFundWomen, and the other is through Patreon. If you haven't heard of either of these, I'll give a quick rundown. iFundWomen is... Similar to Kickstarter, but um, the person trying to raise money for a project gets to keep the money regardless of whether they hit their goal, which means it's perfect for a one-time donation. Patreon, on the other hand, is more set up for monthly recurring donations. It's one of those things where like, oh, if you have $10 a month you just don't know what to do with, you can send them to me. I mean, or anybody else. Patreon is a great place to find podcasts and other projects that are really worthy of support and recognition. Through either site, you can get some really fun perks for donating, um, including being able to, you know, Skype with me as we do a recording for the podcast and all sorts of other goodies. So definitely at least check it out so you know what to potentially look for, I guess. I'll put links in the show notes, and I'll also include a link to my PayPal, just in case you want to send me some caffeine money. I like caffeine. (laughs) So today I am speaking with one of the sweetest people I have ever talked to, and probably the only other person that I've seen who starts her emails off with things like dear one and wonderful person and lovely person and and all that good stuff like I tend to do, Elise Carr. Elise is a coach, mystic, tantric, model, writer, speaker, and artist. I suppose it's easy to see how we get along since we both wear a million hats. (laughs) Elise runs a site called Stella Muse, which focuses on empowerment of our sexual and spiritual selves. I can't think of anyone better to hear from at the start of 2017. Elise, it is so great to have you here. Thank you so much for coming today. Oh, Kirsten, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I just, I have to say, before we really dive into much, I was so stoked when I woke up today and realized I got to talk to you, (laughs) partially, honestly, because of your Australian accent. Ah, I have a problem. (laughs) Do I need to throw in the occasional good aim, mate, then? Do I have to do that? Oh, that was perfect. (laughs) I am am just thrilled right now. (laughs) So... 
for our listeners who aren't familiar with your work and with Stella Muse, can you kind of talk about um, a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. So Stella Muse is an online platform and community for me to be able to step up and, and offer some guidance and direction and light for those who are specifically seeking it in the area of divine empowerment. So when we say empowerment, it's not about power as such. This isn't about you know, ticking boxes and, and climbing the ladder and having a six-figure income. It's, it can be about that, but it's more about power that starts from within, that empowerment that radiates from us. So that is my focus in that regard. And this weaves beautifully then into sacred sexuality and spirituality because actually empowerment and our sacred sexuality are in the same part in our body. So if you are familiar or have even heard of the concept of chakras, our second chakra or energy wheel that is within us sits kind of between the pubic bone and the hands width or four finger widths below the belly button. And this sacred area within us, this energy center within us deals specifically with that creativity with the fluidity and exchange of money with our power in relationships and how we choose to play that and then also our sacred sexuality and spirituality so it's a very juicy dynamic area and I work a lot with people who want to excavate that clear it out and and start fresh because we hold a lot of trauma there so we can get rid of that trauma we can let go of what's been holding us back we can free ourselves up to be our most divinely empowered in harmony with others in relationships, in harmony with money and the giving and receiving, in harmony with our creativity and, and how we step up and show up and shine our light and our unique gifts in this world. So that's kind of a brief nutshell and, and in that I weave in my holistic coaching as well, I weave in my tantric work, I weave in all my healing modalities, being a Reiki master and, and someone who's deeply studied and, and been mentored and taught in the esoteric world. So it's a real juicy combination and, and there's lots of great videos and articles on there as well because I used to be a journo so I've definitely got the good content there that you can absorb and enjoy even if you don't choose to connect me personally there's plenty of ideas and, and concepts and guidance that's just on the website so it's a little bit for everyone in that regard. I, I do have to say I was just peeking around at your website a little bit earlier and I love it I love um, just how varied the things you're involved with are and Obviously, you know, being a bit of a model, you have some really great visuals up on your site, and I always appreciate those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what kind of got you started in this line of work? Was there kind of an aha moment where you went, okay, like I need to learn more about this, and then I need to share this with other people? Sure. I feel... You know, when I look back, and, and this is a great opportunity when you get a beautiful question like this, thank you for giving it to me, Kirsten, <laughs> that I realize more and more now this is something that was just part of me that I hadn't opened up. And this is why I love providing that or offering that service and that direction to clients because sometimes we have this innate gift within us that's kind of tightly bound in a little box and it's buried away and instead we do a nine-to-five job in an area that we don't particularly like but perhaps we're good at or we feel like we're pushed into a certain way of life because of our parents or mentors suggested because you know it's the best way to go so when I was able to take some time and step back and really assess my life, which for me was at a pivotal crossroads when I just finished my first degree in journalism, public relations, and I then went and was modeling full time in Asia. As you mentioned, I, I do do modeling still. I've been doing it since I was seven. So that's a few decades of modeling. Um, and I, I had to reassess my path. When I came back to Australia after, after modeling, I was really unwell and my whole world crumbled. I was hospitalized with a cyst that ruptured on my ovary. My heart stopped, so I was flatlining. Although, thanks to being disgustingly healthy, as my cardiologist told me, it started again on its own. So that was really oh wonderful. So it was a bit yeah. of a bizarre, it was kind of a miracle of sorts. You know, it was pretty out there, pretty random for us to do that four times. But here was me, you know, back home after ER and intensive care. And, you know, essentially I just needed rest there was nothing really wrong with me it wasn't the end of the world it was just how my body reacted so strongly and I believe it was just to give me a giant wake up of what are you doing yes you can be an international model if you want to do this but this isn't why you're here this is not why you're here and that was really hard that was a very bitter pill for me to swallow because it was my dreams as a little girl 
you know, I wanted to be this supermodel. Not that they exist like they did in the 90s, really. But that was <laughs> yeah. this concept that I had, you know, the beautiful big hair and, you know, these, these amaz- you know, amazing like Amazonian legs strutting down a catwalk. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just stunning. So my wake up was that, you know, I couldn't walk. I couldn't wash my hair. I, I could hardly shave my legs, let alone get on a catwalk, you know, or even get a real job, as uh, some people call it, with my degree. Mm-hmm. So... I actually ended up having a conversation with my auntie at the time who lives in the UK and and because I was, you know, modeling at this time before Facebook and a lot of social media, I was sending epic emails about my journey, about what it was like to be an international model in this world but not of the world because I never really went into the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll thing at all. I loved the job. I didn't love what came with it. So I was a pretty unique character in that regards and, and thus my emails were somewhat intriguing. And mix it, you know, devastation, heartbreak and abuse and then being aware of what's happening around others with, let's say, abortions or abandonment, all these different things weaved in. And, and she's like, why don't you write a book? And so I did. So I started writing what is now my book, Runway, which is in the process of getting the right publisher 10 years on. And it became my healing. It became my bridge, if you call it, from going from fate to destiny. It took me from where I thought I was meant to be going on a completely different trajectory, which then led me back into studying my master's in communications and cultural politics and women's studies. It led me to have a deeper understanding of what a feminist actually is, and it's not a dirty F word. It made me realize I've been a feminist my whole life, and I've been such a, an advocate for equality in difference even though we may appear different, we're really the same. But nonetheless, there are differences, you know, that, that we feel exist. And stepping into that more and more, I had to create a dissertation, like, you know, a massive final, ridiculously in, involved research piece. And, and in doing that, I wanted to create something practical as well as just this, you know, this piece of, of research and literature that was probably going to just collect a lot of dust and sit in a university somewhere. So I decided I wanted to create within that kind of a template and a mock-up of an online magazine, which was probably a little bit altruistic, definitely had a lot of integrity in there and opened people's eyes up to the reality of the glamour, which is the machine. It's it's the kind of the behind-the-scenes version of this modelling and fashion world. And that's how Stella News was born. She originally started as a concept of an online magazine and, and then evolved from there as I evolved. And then I, I dove deeper into studying coaching and getting certified in that, doing my ranking masters, doing more esoteric study with medical intuitive work, which for those that don't know what that is, it's like Western medicine studies the physical body. This studies the energetic body. So we strip it back from physical to emotional to dealing with our energies because let's face it, everything is energy, even if you don't believe in metaphysical environments environments and kind of compile these things together it then led me going into tantra because I realized there was so much in that that deeply intrigued me because really tantra at its core is about weaving together sacred sexuality and spirituality to raise consciousness and my whole concept of being here my existence I feel is to be a channel of raising consciousness for myself first and foremost so that I can be a greater service to those who are drawn to come and, and and learn from what I can be here and teach so I guess that kind of answers your question a bit of a roundabout way sweetie <laughs> I love it it's you have had such a unique journey and it is just so interesting to hear about and to see kind of the product of everything that you have done, um, you know, really over your lifetime, right? Since you've been modeling for such a long time. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just really cool. And I am just, um, in awe of, of how much you have done recently. It is just incredible. Um, so you were talking a little bit about Tantra being kind of the psychosexuality, spirituality, consciousness, can you can you talk a little bit more about Tantra for people who don't necessarily know what it is or may have, I don't know, misconceptions about what it actually is? Absolutely. So Tantra, as I said, the actual word means to weave, to expand consciousness. And that weaving is like taking two strands. I think of it like fabric. And that is the sacred sexual part and the sacred spiritual part. Technically, there are three schools of Tantra. 
they have all different names all around the world. People like to give them different names, like colors, like, you know, green or white or black or rose, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. But, but essentially it comes down to three different types. And, and the first type is cooler. And this is very much connected to more of a, a primal anim- animalistic kind of sexual nature, stirring up that sexual energy. From that, we also get, you know, schools of practice that um, are devoted to Kundalini and that energy rising and, and moving that and shifting that in our bodies. We then move into Mishra and Mishra is heart-based and this is when we get to weave in that that love and that devotion, that purity of non-judgment and compassion, loving kindness and a deep, deep reverence. You know, it's like the concept of, let's say, worshipping your beloved during lovemaking. And then we go from like sex to lovemaking to the final stage, which is Samaya and, and this is about being one. So we go from making love to being love. It is a complete unity with yourself, with your beloved, and with the divine, whatever was, is, and will be, whether you call that the universe, whether you call that God, goddess, Buddha, whatever name you want to give it, it's, it's that almighty, complete connection with that. So this concept, you know, for some people may be like, oh, this is some, you know, modern fad. I mean, the reality is Tantra has been around for tens of thousands of years. It is an ancient, sacred way of life. So it's not a religion. It's not a dogma. It's not as if you have to, you know, worship deities. It's not like that. It's, it's really about self-understanding and learning how to go from, you know, just creating these erratic spikes in our life, which we can relate to orgasm, to creating something that constantly fans an eternal flame, an eternal fire, which is more like orgasmic, if you want to look at it like that. So it is a lifestyle. So it includes your breathing, how we take in beautiful, pure chi in that sense, the food you eat, the way you choose to show up, the way you connect with other people coming from that loving kindness place from compassion also means from your, you know, from the position of how you treat yourself. This is far more than just the time you spend in the bedroom or perhaps on the kitchen table, whatever works for you. Yeah. You know, there's there's also that misconception. I, I even had a phone call the other day from a gentleman who was like, oh, yes, I, I've heard about your Kama Sutra. I was like, I don't do Kama Sutra. Kama Sutra is sexual positions. You know, it's Tantra. And, and I don't offer any hands-on touch to genitals. I don't offer any nudity in my sessions. It's all fully closed in a sacred space. And for some people, their pure concept is all about getting a lingam massage, lingam being penis, or a yoni massage. It's That, once again, is right right back at the beginning of Tantra in that purely sexual state. And don't get me wrong, that has its place. We all need to evolve. It's just opening up our mind and our concept understanding. Even if you start there, you're not meant to stay there. There is progression involved and we need to start getting the heart in before we then weave in the consciousness. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit. And, and the other part that's really important is knowing that it's a constant dance of what we call Shakti and Shiva. So Shakti is the divine feminine energy that all of us have, no matter if we're man or woman or what we identify with, and Shiva's the masculine. So it's kind of like we have Shakti being this creative being, flowing, dancing, you know, kind of ocean, which can be wild sometimes and cool, calm, collected and smooth at other times, right? We can all relate to the feminine essence in that regard. Mm-hmm. And then we've got our masculine part of us, which Men or those born in male bodies have a stronger like Shiva presence and then those born in female bodies have a stronger Shakti presence. But getting back to Shiva, Shiva is like the doer. He is the striving, pushing, you know, success-driven masculine, which that can kind of slip into a shadow state. We know how pushy that side of us and that side of, let's say, even humanity can be because we're living in it. We're swimming in it big time. When Shiva, when the masculine is in harmony, he holds sacred space. He is like a rock as Shakti, the ocean, dances around him and he doesn't move. He says something like, you know, I've got you. I see you and I love you. And it's not about him just saying, like, copping abuse if, like, his Shakti's yelling and screaming and carrying on. It's about holding that space so that she can express and explore and just be. And he can be there creating that kind of safe container for her to do that in. Now, this is also something we do within ourselves because we both have these energies. You know, we have, big pardon, both these energies, just as like we do in a relationship. There's kind of like two Shaktis and two Shivas. Mm-hmm. So we're always in a foursome, technically, at least. Jokes. So, <laughs> <I love it. laughs> 
just understanding like the dynamic of, of energies is, is really important. And that's, that's a big part of, of Tantra as well, learning to play in this role and, and to harmonize the masculine and feminine within us. And that's something I was really passionate about too because I saw how disjointed even I was within myself, of course, first and foremost. I was over-masculine. I was over-pushing. I was over-striving. And that's why my body did what it did. You know, after I, I came back from modeling in Asia, I was stripped of, of the love. I was away from all my loved ones. I was away from my partner at the time. I just worked, slept, ate, went to the gym, worked really hard and, and then made a debut at the odd party here and there. And that is not enough to sustain a life. We need spiritual. We need sacred sexual. We need love, you know, to harmonize the, the doing all the time, this driving force of ticking boxes and, and succeeding and climbing the ladder. So, you know, if you resonate with this and, and you are realizing that, wow, actually I'm out of balance, it's a really good opportunity to sit with that and go, okay, how can I pull back? How can I harmonize my inner masculine feminine? And if you are too masculine, which is probably you know a good chunk of the population, you need to go, okay, how can I just be? What makes me feel creative or calm or juicy or more feminine? And this works for guys too. You don't have to put on a dress, darling. You know, guys can just maybe get on a yoga mat, go sit under a tree, go for a swim in the ocean, connect with Mother Nature. Perhaps, you know, just have a chat with a chick friend or your beloved or your mom, maybe you feel like cooking dinner tonight. Maybe you feel like having a bath. You know, this goes for all of us. But sometimes guys think, oh, I don't do that. Well, it's a shame mm -hmm. you don't because if you did, you'd be, you know, even more empowered than you can even imagine right now. It's it's the, the breaking down of kind of those stereotypical gender roles that we all kind of have on our heads, right, in order to bring that balance Most of definitely. the Shakti and the Shiva. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. It's so interesting as as you're talking about this balance and as you're talking about your experience. Um, you know, I've I've had chronic illnesses for most of my life, and earlier this year I ended up um, leaving my job just because I was overdoing it. I was going to all of these early morning meetings and late evening meetings and just carrying all of the stress mm. of. Um, working in healthcare kind of home with me and you know it wasn't being good physically or mentally or spiritually <laughs> um, on my body not. and and it got to that point where I kind of did go you know like I I have never just kind of been mm. um I have always been doing I have always been pushing I have always been working and and to take some time off to really kind of exist and and do that kind of self-exploration that I think we all tend to do, you know, in our 20s, but but on a more spiritual level and, and, and on a more almost psycho, psychoanalytical level, like to see what makes me tick yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to really find that and kind of hold on to that. Um, and it's you know, it just, I think, echoes so much of what you have already said. It's, it's really, um, it's really something. Absolutely. And I, I honor that you've taken that action step, sweetie, because a lot of people, you know, talk about, oh, yeah, I should really do this. I should really do that. And, and here they are still pushing themselves, still working ridiculous mm -hmm. hours. And don't get me wrong. There's, there is reward in, in devoting yourself. To, to really stepping up and going hard. And sometimes we have to tackle a big project in our life or, you know, do those long weeks. There are times for that, but there are also times that we need to rebalance that and go within. And like you said, you know, really find out on that sacred spiritual level who you are, what you mm -hmm. want out of life, what you are actually needing right now as a divine being. People think that's some kind of subpar part of life that it's, you know, just for like woo-woos as I believe you guys call it. We call it, you know, like this, this hippie nonchalant thing and, and just, just having this, this silly existence of faffing about as, as we can say and not having anything concrete or practical. Once again, we need harmony and balance. So mm -hmm. it's essential, like whatever part, whether you experience this in your teens or your 20s or 30s, or maybe it's something that happens to you when you're 68, it's, it's about really honoring it when you are called. And by the sounds of it, you were really called and, and you honored it and you took the action. So I honor that within you. Good on you, sweetie. Thank you. Um, 
it's it's been interesting. <laughs> oh, it always good interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, I've been eating a lot of potatoes, which is probably not a good thing. But <laughs> that's a grounding food. It's rooting you to the earth. So maybe a bit of barefoot on on the earth now it's warming up. Your side of the world is probably a good idea. Yeah, that's not a bad idea at all, actually. <laughs> um. So what? You know, you were talking a little bit about um, divine empowerment and and working on bringing out this power we all have within us and kind of like the second chakra. Can you talk a little bit more maybe about chakras and kind of how those all interweave into um, kind of our our spiritual beings? Mm, Absolutely. So we all have seven chakras within the body. Most people don't realize we actually have 12 all up and we have we have numerous but 12 key ones that include the outside of the body and then we have like energy fields around us kind of like you may have heard of the word aura or an auric field Mm -hmm. and we have a few of those around our body as well that kind of correlate actually to the internal chakras so the internal chakras to not get too complicated are seven and we have one at our root at our base which is kind of like at the perineum so kind of near the the base of the spine and then we go up into that second chakra but But before we get to go up there, it's kind of like you need to graduate from that first chakra. And that first chakra deals with your tribe. It's kind of the, you know, who am I in a sense of what you are led to believe you are. Your family tells you, your religion tells you, your spiritual practice tells you, that environment you are brought up in, that is it. It's like your core foundation. It's the most densest part of your being that you were born into when you kind of were a spirit and came into this physical dense body. So it can be a very uh, challenging space for some people to deal with as well because if you had, as an example, abandonment or neglect or if you were just overpowered perhaps, you know, by a family member, tribe member, it can deeply suppress you expanding and going up in search of your own personal power. So then we move into the second chakra, which is, as I mentioned, sacred sex, sexuality, or it can just be sex for some people, depending on where they're at. It's also the exchange of fluidity of money, of power in relationships, and your creativity. Most of us get a little stuck here at times because those are pretty big areas. And if they're not all flowing smoothly, it's definitely a, a space in your body on a physical, emotional, energetic level that you want to do some work with. We then go into the third chakra, which is kind of like above the belly button, below the rib cage, in that kind of squishy kind of center core of your body. And this is where our personal power is. This is our willpower. These are a little bit of the boundaries of yes and no. They come into it. You know when you really want to say no, thank you, but you just say yes and you just are compliant even though it's completely against your grain? That's right there. That's right there in your third chakra. We then move up into your heart chakra. For women, this is a really powerful place because this is like we have inner poles within us and for women, this is the positive end, the, the warm end of our pole and because that's connected to our breasts. That's why they're so important, let's say, in lovemaking that they are warmed up first because we need that beautiful heart energy to radiate through us first. We can dive into that later if you want. But the heart space, this is often where people have a lot of armor, we'll call it. It's like they're wearing this incredible night outfit, so impenetrable because they've been hurt. They've been wounded. They have been heartbroken, you know, and it doesn't have to be by a lover. It can, it can be by anyone. It can be a best friend. It can be, mm-hmm. you know, your brother. And we wear this armor and what it does is it suppresses our ability to not only give love, but also receive love. So sit with that, you know, really ask yourself, am I able to, to give love freely? When I say freely, obviously we have certain boundaries that we are cautious of not overgiving to the detriment of our own well-being, but, you know, to just love. Loving kindness, I'm talking about compassion, non-judgment, non-judgment for self, non-judgment for others and humility. It all kind of wraps up and sits in this space and the other really powerful F word that lives in here is forgiveness Mm. and that is huge. The amount of people that, that struggle with that to forgive, like I would never forgive that person and then they clench their fists and it's like you are holding all of that anger and trauma within your physical body. Mm-hmm. And most likely part of it is in the first and second chakra and definitely the heart in the fourth. So when we forgive, forgive, not necessarily that someone, you know, is 
let off the hook. It's it's not about not acknowledging that wrong things happen, that horrific things happen. This is about forgiving someone's soul so that you can detach that power cord or that hook that they've got in you and you can free yourself. And then forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself for holding on to it for so long, forgiving yourself for not being able to forgive them sooner or whatever it is. But when we can work through that forgiveness, we release ourselves of carrying these, as we call it, you know, excess baggage. We talk about mm-hmm. you know, emotional baggage in relationships all the time. This is it. We don't actually name it. It's forgiveness. Forgive that last person. Forgive your best friend for leaving your life without telling you. Forgive that last guy for you know, overstepping the mark. On a soul level, remember, a soul level, you're forgiving their soul. Because when we really think about this in symbolic language, on an energetic level, those people that have, let's use inverted commas here, hurt you, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they have or they haven't, but you know, just that concept, hurt you, they came into your life for a reason. They came into your life to give you a gift. Now, when you can get your power back, when you can forgive, you are able to see with clarity for the first time why that had to happen why you had to experience that horrible pain, why you had to have your heart broken, why you had to go through that physical, emotional, sexual, psychological abuse, neglect, abandonment. Now, I'm not excusing any of these in any way whatsoever, but I guarantee you with whatever that hardship was, there is a gift in there. And perhaps it's Mm -hmm. offering you to not only empower yourself, but to step up and be an advocate for that, to be able to have compassion for someone else that you meet who's going through the same thing and you can offer some light if they are open to it. There are so many ways that we can change the power play, shift the power and get an idea of of what we're really being given here, what the universe, the divine God, goddess is really offering us. So that's really dynamic, that heart space. And then we've got the throat chakra. And this is where we communicate, funnily enough, and express ourselves, express ourselves, you know, in voice. And it's whether it's, it's speaking, it might be communicating even, you know, in writing, but normally it's, it's vocalizing. You might find mm-hmm. singing, you know, has a connection here. If you have an issue with getting a lot of sore throats, thyroid issues, neck tension, um, even connecting to like your jaw, teeth issues, even a little bit into your hearing, you probably have an issue with your throat chakra. There's something that's not in harmony there. You're not able to express yourself authentically, your integrity, you know, who you are, how you choose to show up. So sit with that and ask yourself, you know, wow, I just keep getting these sore throats all the time or I've just had tonsillitis and what are you not expressing? What are you not communicating? We then go up into the next chakra, which is our sixth chakra. And this is the third eye, also called Ajna or Agnya. And... This isn't about mind as such as in regards to the brain. It's more like your consciousness, your ability to see that that inner vision, that real clear knowing. And guidance comes through this space. This is where when we meditate, we connect with that because we want guidance. Mm -hmm. And if you get migraines all the time and you have this kind of fear of not being good enough, perfect enough, it's probably because you're putting too much pressure on yourself and not surrendering into asking for divine guidance. And we all need to surrender at times and ask for divine guidance because we need to understand that it's not really us. It's, it is energy that is flowing through us. We are like a tap, you know, like a faucet. And that water, mm-hmm. that energy, that current, that power, that guidance flows through us. So it's a very beautiful, powerful space. It's also when we can tap deeper into our clairvoyance, our psychic ability, our clairaudience mm-hmm. as well, because we are all psychic. We all have an ability to tap into something you know, greater than the five senses. It's just the fact that we've lost our ability to believe and, and our patience to practice. Mm-hmm. And then the last of our internal chakras is our crown, the kind of the top center of your head. And this is... This is the highest version of us within the physical body. This is where we want the energy to rise. This is where we want to be going upwards towards that divinity, towards the light, towards God, towards goddess. It's about being open enough and clear enough to receive that guidance. You know, and, and we can do that through meditation. We can do that through getting on the yoga mat. We can do that through prayer. We can do that through surrender. But it takes a lot of work along the way, you know, to be able to really clearly open up that space Mm -hmm. so that's just i guess a a mini explanation of each of those and and when they are clear when they're open and spinning beautifully and you can think of them as literally wheels inside you we are our most dynamic and powered selves 
when that's working, when we're connected to the earth, we're also open to the divinity, when our energy fields around us are beaming and, and there's no, let's say, plugs into that ex-boyfriend, that ex-lover, that pain from, from that, you know, step-parent or a sibling or a friend. When we disconnect from everyone else kind of sucking our energy and experience it sucking our energy and we're fully in the present, here in the now, that's when we are our most divinely empowered selves in harmony with our inner masculine and feminine as well. So it's all quite dynamic when we can do that big work. And for some people, it's a lifetime. For some people, you know, they, they get to clean up a lot faster. But then, you know, as you said, even like once you're kind of on this path, you don't have to maintain, mm-hmm. you know, like you said with yourself on, on your journey, you've got to kind of keep topping that up. So we have to keep maintaining this as well. That's why it's a lifestyle you can't just go on a retreat and um, think everyone's going to just do a bit of work on you and you'll just have a few green smoothies and juices and a bliss ball and you'll be right. <laughs> you know, I'm it's, to that. <laughs> it's, it's a very good point too. Um, funnily enough, I, I started getting a migraine last night and it's, it's mostly gone, you know, by now cause it's, you know, evening here. But um, I, as you were talking about, you know, that meditation helps with that. I've kind of not been doing my meditation lately. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> body is speaking know. to you. You know, just uh, writing down some to do here, <laughs> <laughs> and then just be, 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 be. But the interesting oh, thing yeah. is, is that you know the body speaks to us on different levels, and and I love this. It's very clever. Our body is freaking miraculous, and we really, really start to understand how it works. Because let's say your migraine, for example, that's a manifestation on a physical level. You can physically, tangibly feel that when something happens physically in your body. And for me, let's say you know as an example, that was my heart stopping or the ovary system, the ovary, beg your pardon, rupturing. That's your body screaming at you to get your attention. Listen to me for crying out loud at saying. And it has to do something really physical, almost drastic at times, sometimes more subtle, like maybe a tummy ache or a little cough, to get you to listen. Because you've missed the emotional signs. You know, there would have been a fluctuation, even if it's very subtle in the emotional level, that you're feeling a certain way. And you ignored that, you pushed on through because you were too much in your masculine. And even before that, your body was talking to you on a super subtle level, which was energetically, very, very subtly, just whispering, trying to get your attention. Hey, are you paying attention to this? And if you've ignored that and you've ignored, you know, the emotional and if you've ignored the physical, it's going to have to do something pretty drastic to get your attention for you to wake up and step up and take action. And that is why we see most people who, who are very unwell, in, you know, in certain areas, it's because they have ignored their body for so long that it's got to this drastic point. And we nearly, you know, I can say, have all been there at some stage of our lives in some capacity because we have ignored all the signs and we are pushing too hard and we are neglecting ourselves drastically. So it's food so, for thought when we think of it like that. Yeah, it's you know, it's so interesting because I think... You know, talking from a like international level, I think in the U.S. we we try to pride ourselves on on our ability to push through and things like that. But you know, this is not this is not a, a national issue. It's you know something yeah. that we all as individuals deal with. Absolutely. And and, and I hear what you're saying, you're totally right. And, and from having, you know, incredible clients on your side of the world and, and from your country, I agree with that. But I have to say, you know, I, I also see that to a degree in, in certain industries in Australia. I see it in the UK, in certain Asian, you know, nationalities. It is everywhere. I find perhaps the Europeans are pretty good at, at chilling out a little bit. You know, they yeah. know when to pull back. They know when to have their long vacation. You know, we could probably take a leave from their book. Because as I said, you know, there's beauty in stepping up and going really, you know, hard in the sense of giving it your all, putting your heart and soul into it. But if you were just slogging away day after day, exhausting yourself, we're doing ridiculous hours and, and not even shutting off when you come home because you're still on the iPad or you're still on your phone on emails and planning the next meeting or whatever, you are not, you know, disconnecting. You are utterly plugged in to a machine that is going to suck you dry because I tell you what, you are utterly replaceable. You may think you're not. Mm-hmm. You may be right at the top of the food chain, you think, but I guarantee you, you are in a physical body and that physical body will reach a limit at some stage or another. You know, it's it's interesting as you talk about, you know, the uh, the inability we have to kind of disconnect 
once we're home or, or once we're kind of on non-business hours. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> I'm feeling this one right now. Um, do you have, you know, working for yourself, right? Do you have kind of these go-to rules that you set up for yourself so that you don't kind of fall into that pattern? Yeah. I mean, I guess you can call them rules, although I don't look like that. It's just, it's a personal lifestyle choice, I guess. Um, so when we say rules, it's like, oh gosh, you know, can't break that. We'll definitely be going to hell. Right. <laughs> hell on earth. It, it takes away the, the self-forgiveness aspects yeah, that we all need. Yourself. I say hell and hell's on earth. It's in your head. You know, you persecute yourself and you beat yourself up over mm-hmm. it. So, I'm, I'm normally, you know, happily, you know, abiding by my decisions and, and they're little things like ideally, you know, I definitely don't sleep with my phone in the room. There's no electrical items in the bedroom. I don't even have a television. Nothing like that. Internet is always switched off before bed just so I don't have like the Wi-Fi waves going through the home. So there's a couple mm-hmm. little things, but on the weekends, I don't look at email unless I I know there's something extremely important, and I mean like extremely important. Nine times out of ten, there'll be no email from Friday night to Monday morning, and I say Friday night when I finish work, not like at ten or eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. So when work stops, if if that's at you know four or six or seven, whatever it is, that is it. No more email. I do a little bit of social media if it's for work, but you know I'm more inclined to take an odd little photo here and there, and, and not even bother posting on the weekend. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Depends how I feel and what's important to me. I I make it really important to know that it's not essential to even connect with social media at times. I've at times gone a week without looking at it or a couple of days just go, you know what, let's just trial this. And it's amazing. You know, the first day might be a bit weird because you realize, oh my gosh, I look at Instagram 20 times a day. You know, mm-hmm. and other times after a day or two, you're like, this is actually really quite normal because all of a sudden you're back to that organic, natural equilibrium state within you. And it's it's just, it's beautiful. I love that. So, in that sense, it's it's a little bit of balance. You know, I also don't take phone calls and, and unless it's an emergency from a client, which touch wood I have never had, there's no way I'd be taking a phone call and, and let's say scheduling a client, you know, after hours. It's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. I want them to have boundaries and I need to have boundaries so that we have a separation of, of work and life and, and play needs to be in there too, you know, just having that beautiful downtime where you can enjoy. So, just some core foundational practices, I suppose you might call it, or just a way of life, or maybe they're guidelines or rules, but definitely need to sit with yourself and go, what do I want? You know, I want a day off. I don't want to check my phone on Sundays. I want to have, you know, an Instagram or a social media free weekend every now and again. Really find out what works for you. Definitely trial no iPad, no phone in the bedroom, no TV in the bedroom. For some people, that's just crazy. For me, I think you're crazy to have one in there. Bedrooms yeah. are not for watching television, let's just say that. <laughs> no, they're they're for much more fun things than that. <laughs> Correct. So I I have three questions that I have been asking everybody, kind of like if you've seen Inside the Actors Studio, how they ask those questions at the end of everything and it's like, you know, who do you hope you meet when you die and like all those things. <laughs> just you know, fun questions. Cool. And, um so, I am wondering, what's your favorite curse word? And you don't have to say it. Or, you know, if you have, like, a replacement curse word that you use, like, funny names instead oh. of, like, actual cursing. No, no, I think I just, I raw. I mean, I won't do it here, it might be loud, but I'm like, Rah! you know, a little, like, jokey frustration. I kind of think sometimes I'm like a fire-breathing dragon. I just got to get it out. Um, yeah. I kind of say that, then drop, like, you know, an F-bomb. Um, yeah. More likely, I'm, I, I do a little row. It feels good now. And I don't mean like I'm screaming the house down. It's just like a little right. a little moment. It's just like, okay, get that out now. Back, here we go. Get it together. You've got this. You know, that's how I Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that too if I'm just like really frustrated. And then it's, it's, it's almost one of those things where like I do it and then I immediately picture like a T-Rex trying to do something with like little <laughs> arms that they can't do. And then I... Then it makes me laugh. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah, that and is brilliant. And it helps brilliant. release that tension, right? And oh, so God. then I'm I'm not as mad anymore. I that. And <laughs> I can picture it so vividly. I'm sure we all can right now. Is those tiny little arms. Hilarious. Well done, sweetie. <laughs> Ten points, Kirsten. 
<laughs> you know, I was actually, uh, we went somewhere earlier and we parked next to a car that had a picture of that T-Rex and he had like a, one of those arm grabbers, you know, and, and, and it said like unstoppable by it or something. <laughs> it was just... There you go. Now you've got your mascot whenever something gets frustrating. You know, technically you're unstoppable. I, I should make t-shirts. Yes, or maybe knickers, screen print knickers. Ooh, that would actually be kind of awesome. (laughs) So what what is your favorite thing that you do for yourself for, like, self-care or to pamper yourself? Ooh, perhaps if if we're going to pampering myself, I... I love to have a beautiful oil bath with different essential oils and some candles and actually take a book into the bath and read maybe for an hour, an hour and a half. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I'll do my, my sacred tantra tigress practice, which is kind of like a breast massage and some breathing and, and a little bit of meditation in the bathtub. And I, I did that the other night, actually, and it was delicious. So, yeah, definitely being in bodies of water and especially a warm bath when it's a little bit chilly outside, that to me is, um, yeah, a beautiful way to, to honor myself. I, I feel more calm just having listened to the fact that you did that. <laughs> like, like, I'm already calm just thinking about, like, the idea of just sitting in a bath and reading. Definitely. You can throw on a mud mask then to a nice like organic clay or seaweed oh. mud mask. That always goes down a treat too. That would be nice. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Mm. Oh, favorite. I don't, wow, that's a big question. It's a toughie. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps my ability to be compassionate. And and that can extend from myself to a stranger on the street. And I honor that. It's something that both my parents instilled in me from a very young age. And it's just, it's innate. And and I honor that because I feel it's something we can all work on. And there are times when I'm probably not as compassionate as I should be for myself. But I feel like I can I can always extend myself to someone else, especially if, if they're in need. I love that. That is... Just the the sweetest answer, and I just feel like it encompasses your personality and the work that you do so well that that's your favorite thing about yourself. Thank you, sweet. Um, it's adorable. <laughs> um, so I know you have to head out here in a couple minutes. Um, so if there's anything that... Again, like if you have any links that you kind of want to send along for people to take a look at, um, I can put them up. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, if you have like any of your favorite blog posts or anything like that too. I do have one great blog post. It's it's the three relationships you need to be in or your favorite threesome, best threesome ever. And uh, Oh, I saw that that one. It's great and it's juicy because it it actually brings you back to yourself. These relationships are are almost all within you and and that is with your soul, with spirit, all the divine and and then with your tribe. So it's about nourishing yourself on a daily basis before you are ready to step up and, and be your biggest, brightest version of you to shine for your children or your loved ones or your colleagues so that's a really beautiful article I might share that and then you know for the ladies out there I've got a great one on moon time and sacred sex and also the pill so it might be enlightening and, and interesting and finding different different ways to look at how your body can work and how we need to reconnect with our cycle and, and reconnect with the power that is within that that yoni space that sacred sexuality space for women that's another really good one too and then I've got my free video series and ebook, which you can easily access right off the main page, stellamuse.com, and that's Stella with an A. Perfect. I love it. I, I have had so much fun talking with you and learning. Just I feel like this whole conversation, I've just been learning new things, and it's fantastic. It's been an honor um, speaking with you, sweetie. Thank you, Kirsten. Well, thank you, Elise. And I, I hope that... Uh, you know, you can have some rest today and enjoy um, kind of just basking in in your divine empowerment and, and using that. And uh, 
I know I will definitely be trying to do that as well. <laughs> that, I've got like one of the biggest days ever. I'm, I'm going to do a, a full like TV shoot and then I've got another kind of casting for another job tonight. It's interesting like balancing a bit of the modeling and acting side of things with all this divinely empowered coaching work, which I love. So today it's going to be interesting like working for someone else essentially, but getting to meet new people and different people. And even the lady yesterday I, I went and connected with who does the wardrobe was fascinated by my work. So I was getting to speak to her about this and, and offer her some light. So no matter where you go, you get to shine your light. No matter what it is that you're doing, you get to, to offer some guidance if people are open. So don't ever forget that, that you're shining your light all the time, just like you have today, sweetie. Thank you like for bringing your light here and holding this space for us to to have this juicy conversation and and I tu- you know I trust that all our listeners have have taken a couple of gems home today from from the time that we've shared together. Oh, I definitely hope so. And uh, even if they haven't, they better check out your stuff because it's really cool. <laughs> and there there's stuff there for everyone. And just the work that you're doing is just really cool. And I um I'm just so so thrilled that I have gotten a chance to speak with you and um to learn more about you today. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time and for having me on your show. It's, it's been an honor. I have to say, even right now as I'm editing this, months after my conversation with Elise, it's clear to me that I wish I just had connections to her in my back pocket to just pull out whenever I needed advice or coaching Luckily, she does offer that. I'll put some links to her site, Stella Muse, in the show notes, as well as some links to some of her favorite articles and some of the stuff we've talked about today. Next week, um, or next time, we'll see, (laughs) I will have on one of my dear friends, Lena Anderson, who is a wonderful writer and chronic illness activist. Um, she is just like Elise, one of my favorite people in the whole world. And I can't wait for you to hear more about her and the way she actually has inspired chronic sex to even begin. Take care of you. And remember to take a break. Remember, it's okay to turn off your social media. <laughs> or put your phone on an airplane, or do not disturb mode, and really just take some time for you, whether that's a nap, playing with a pet, having a meaningful conversation with a friend or other loved one, or, I don't know, taking a bath. I really like baths. Our house, apartment, whatever, does not have a bathtub big enough for me (laughs) and my chronic illness issues. Which means I really savor those baths I get other places. <laughs> Regardless, take care of you, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>